morning, everybody. It helps when you get the right um, reset button on, right? How many of you get started in the day and you forgot to push the start button? Anybody ever had mornings like that? All right, so it's good to see you in worship on this beautiful Saturday morning, and it's feeling a little bit like fall today and this whole weekend, and it's just so good to be in the house of worship. As the seasons come and go, we trust the Lord and God is with us. So we have a lot of things to pray about today, and I know you have things on your heart to pray about as well. And we ask you to continue to pray for Pastor Regina. She is scheduled to go home tomorrow morning, that is Sunday at 10 a.m. And Terry, our resident nurse back here, who's been taking a few weeks off work to work with us, is going to be her chauffeur, and he's going to take her home tomorrow. But keep her in your prayers. She's still very, very much in need of prayers as she enters into a different kind of journey right at this time going home. So we remember that. We remember the family of Mrs. Pendergrass. I did her service last night, and we ask you to please remember her loved ones. She was a wonderful Christian lady who loved the Lord. And I know there are many other needs among us. And if you would like to be represented in prayer, just lift up your hand. The Lord already knows what we need even before we ask. And so, Lord, we lift each of these to you today. So let us bow our heads and our hearts in prayer. Gracious and loving God, we thank you so much for another opportunity to come together and worship you. Lord, we are family. We are sisters and brothers of like precious faith. And we know in whom we have believed. And we are pers persuaded that he is able to keep that which we have committed unto him against that day. And so, Father, we ask that our hearts and our lives might magnify the name of Jesus and love one another as you have loved us. For, Lord, uh, we need more love in our world, to quote Oscar. That's what he often reminds us. So we pray that you will bless our time together today in the name of Christ as we pray how Jesus taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I just have a couple of things that I would like you to be in prayer about in the next couple of weeks. And that is two weeks from now on Friday night, the 20th, Friday night the 20th and Saturday morning service, two weeks from today and the 21st, we're going to have anniversary weekend services. We are now in our 10th year right here in this building. We came in to this building in October of 2014. Can you not hear me? Oh, you can't hear me? Um, Jimmy's telling me something. Oh, do I need to start all over? 
Okay. Okay. I can do it. Okay. Um, give us some I can do it music. Okay. Now, what I was going to tell you about is two weekends from now, Reverend Walter Cross, and you see his picture on the screen. He is the Dean of Preaching for Holston Annual Conference of the United Methodist Church, a wonderful preacher, and he is visually impaired, but he preaches a beautiful message from memory. And so we want you to be here those two services only, Friday night and Saturday morning, as we celebrate anniversary weekend here at Shades of Grace. Landon is getting music lined up for that. I know Oscar will be a part of that on Friday night. And if you want to participate with the song, then all you have to do is see Landon, okay? You do not have to go through me. You just talk to Landon. And uh, he will work it out with you, okay? And then on the 20... Let me see, when is that date? Um, October 28th. That's three weeks from today. We will be having our annual inurnment service of the unclaimed and homeless folks. And we're going to have a large number of cremains again this year. And we will be doing that immediately after our worship on Saturday morning. We'll have our service here. And then the funeral home hearse will be here at noon. And we will process uh, with the funeral hearse to Emmanuel Lutheran Cemetery. And all of you are invited. If you are viewing this online and you're in the immediate Kingsport area, you are invited to participate and celebrate the lives of these who have passed away unclaimed and often unnoticed by the world. And we want to remember them in the special service as we do every year. And then let me back up just a little bit to that weekend anniversary service on Saturday, October 21st, from noon until 5 o'clock, the Camp Fort Blackmore will be having a special day. They're going to have, they're calling it BBB Day. It's Barbecue, Bluegrass, and Blood Bank Drive. And that's going to be on that Saturday. There will be um, free barbecue and live bluegrass music featuring the Virginia Boys, who were here a couple of months ago, Oscar Harris and Morgan Culbertson. Bring a lounge chair and a love offering will be accepted to support the rebuilding of the camp swimming pool. So Camp Fort Blackmore, just uh, not too far from here, uh, we can give you those directions. And that would be a wonderful way to continue the celebration of our anniversary here at Shades of Grace. Okay, Landon, I think it's all yours from here, okay? Down at the cross where my Savior died, down where for cleansing from sin I cried, there to my heart was the blood applied, glory to His name, glory to His name. Glory to His name, there to my heart was the blood applied, glory to His name. I am so wondrous, 
sinlessly saved from sin. Jesus so sweetly abides within. There at the cross where he took me in. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. Come to this fountain so rich and sweet. Cast thy poor soul at the Savior's feet. Plunge in today and be made complete. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood of light. Glory to his name. travel through this land I've been mighty blessed of God I'm holding to his hand but the journey's almost over and the battle's nearly won I have a feeling in my heart the best is yet to come oh the best is yet to come when I walk through heaven's gates for the first time I'll see Jesus I can hardly wait Show me to the mansion and say this is your home. I have a feeling in my heart the best is yet to come. I'm standing now on Jordan's banks as I face the rolling tide. The storms of life are raging, but I'm happy down inside. I see the lifeboat coming to take me safely home. I have a feeling in my heart the best is yet to come. Oh, the best is yet to come when I walk through heaven's gates. For the first time I'll see Jesus, I can hardly wait. He'll show me to my mansion and say this is your home. I have a feeling in my heart the best is yet to come. Oh, the best is yet to come when I walk through heaven's gates. For the first time I'll see Jesus, I can hardly wait. He'll show me to my mansion and say this is your home. I have a feeling in my heart the best is yet to Amen. Aren't you thankful this morning that the best is yet to come? If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies, and you try to feel the empty holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker If you feel lost He's a way maker 
If you need freedom or saving, he's a priest that shake it, Savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. Aren't you glad he's a chain breaker this morning? We've all searched for the light of the day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight. We all run from things we know just ain't right. But there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. If you believe it, if you received it, if you can't feel it, somebody testify. If you believe it, if you received it, if you can't feel it, somebody testify. If you believe it, if you receive it, if you can't feel it, somebody testify. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. Feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, save it. He's a prison shaking savior. If you got chain, he's a chain breaker. If you need freedom or save it, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chain, he's a chain breaker. Amen. Let's sing an old fast song together this morning. It's one of my favorites, and I know it's a favorite of a lot of your alls too. Y'all help me sing this one this morning. In the twinkling of an eye, I made my reservation for a mansion in the sky. I may not know the moment, or I may not know the day, but I know that I'll be leaving when He calls this church away. Well, I'll go home with Jesus in the twinkling of an eye. I made my reservation for a mansion in the sky. I may not know the moment. I may not know the day, but I know that I'll be leaving when he calls this church away. I'm listening for the trumpet to sound most any time. And a crown of life that's waiting, thank God will soon be mine. For I got my invitation through a place called Calvary. By the precious blood of Jesus, that trip's been paid for me. Well, I'm going home with Jesus. In the twinkling of an eye, I made my reservation for a mansion in the 
He's calling, get on board, get on and the board. destination's heaven, safe on that crystal shore. We'll meet again our Savior and loved ones who have gone. Better to live through all eternity, praise God, we're going home. Well, I'm going home with Jesus in the twinkling of an eye. I made my reservation for a mansion in the sky. In the twinkling of an eye, I made my reservation for a mansion in the sky. I may not know the moment, or I may not know the day, but I know that I'll be leaving when he calls his church away. Well, I may not know the moment, or I may not know the day, but I know that I'll be leaving when he calls his church away. the time God is good all right thank you Landon we appreciate it Miss D did you get a good workout on that <laughs> all right oh, you know there's an old verse in the Bible that says bodily exercise profits little but somebody said at least a little is a little <laughs> sometimes we get more than a little when Landon gets into that uh, high gear up there but but we appreciate it, and I have to catch my breath, even though he's the one who did the work, right? Okay, it's good to see you in worship today, all of you. And I know that we have come together to inspire one another, to be encouraged by one another, and most of all, to lift up the name of our Lord and to worship God in spirit and in truth. God inhabits praise. So for the last few weeks, I have been talking about uh, parables from the vineyard, the farmers and the grape uh, arbors and the fruit and the workers and all that, remember? So we have another, uh, we're continuing this series in Matthew today, and I hope that you'll find the theme uh, through all of these services, but Matthew 21 verses 33 through 46. And Jesus here is teaching the disciples. He said, listen to another parable. And I can just imagine someone said, oh, no, here we go again. I hope that doesn't happen in church. Oh, oh no, we got to hear the preacher one more time. But Jesus said, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit is saying. And so Jesus is the living word. And so we need to hear what Jesus has to say. So he tells them, listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it, dug a wine press, and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and moved it to another place. When the harvest time approached, he sent his servants to the tenants to collect his fruit. 
The tenants seized his servants. They beat one, killed another, and stoned a third. Then he sent other servants to them, more than the first time, and the tenants treated them the very same way. Last of all, he sent his son to them. Oh, they'll respect my son, he said. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to each other, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him, and then we'll take over everything that's here. It will become our inheritance. So they took him and threw him out of the vineyard, and they killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? He will bring these wretches to a wretched end, they replied, and he will rent the vineyard to another or to other tenants who will give him his share of the crop at harvest time. And then Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. Anyone who falls on the stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone on whom it falls will be crushed. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parables, they knew that he was talking about them. And they looked for a way to arrest him. But they were afraid of the crowd because the people knew that he was a prophet. This is the scripture reading today from Matthew chapter 21. And so do you see already some continuing themes that we've been talking about in the last few weeks? Jesus is Lord. And Jesus is the Lord in this parable. And Jesus is one of the main characters in this story that he tells about himself. The servants of the vineyard's owners represent all the prophets and the teachers that had come for centuries, even a couple of thousand years before Israel, and all the way to the coming of Christ, all the way from Moses to Malachi. It represents the history of God's attempt to bring people into friendship with himself through a loving call to repentance. And we sing that song, how loving and how patient he must be because God is still working on me. The scripture teaches us that patience is a virtue. And yet often as people of faith, we say, Lord, Give me patience, but give it to me right now, right? And so we are people who live in a different kind of culture, in a different kind of world. You know, I saw a little article last night on the news or something. It was 130 years since the first moving picture show 
had aired, and I think it was by Albert Einstein, I stand to be corrected, but all it was was a black and white um, slides that were put together very quickly. The image was very grainy and poor, but at least it was a moving picture. And it said that the camera that he used to do all of this weighed a thousand pounds. And now guess what? We've got it all right here. Hasn't the world changed in 130 years? I mean, has the life you know changed in the last 10 years and 20 years and 30 years? The only thing that is consistent with us is change. And we have to adapt ourselves to the changes of this world. God even gave us that in nature. We're in the changing of the seasons and we feel it today in the cold wind and the leaves that are beginning to fall and the autumn colors. Everything is about change. But the most wonderful thing to understand is that God is inside of us changing us. You see, often we pray prayers for God to change circumstances in our lives. We ask God to change people around us when maybe we ourselves are really the one who needs to be changed the most. Amen. It's not my job nor your job to change anybody. God simply says, plant the seeds, water the seeds, and God himself will give the increase. And so Jesus gives a lot of parables, a lot of stories about nature, like the vineyards, the grape harvesters, the olive trees. Um, he talks about the parable of the soil, the parable of the seeds. Uh, he talks about nature an awful lot. And so Jesus himself is in this parable. And I want you to know that every time we read these stories that Jesus gave, now you know a parable is a story that Jesus gives, but it's, it's a, he gives it as a metaphor or as an image for people to understand what the kingdom of God is like. It, a parable doesn't mean that this particular story actually happened, but it's an example of how things can happen. That's the, a story, a parable is an earthly story that's talking about the kingdom of God, spiritual things. And so we find ourselves in every one of these stories. If you really begin to search the scriptures, and Jesus told some people one time, search the scriptures for in the scriptures you think you have eternal life. And these are they which do testify of me. It testifies of Jesus Christ, the living word of God. In the beginning, you know, I shared in the Wednesday Bible study, Dr. Smitty was out of town, and this is a commercial break. I will be planning to teach that class again this Wednesday. Um, uh, I'll be prepared to do that. Dr. Smitty will be, I think, out of town in a meeting. But I shared with the people from the Gospel of John that in the beginning was the word and that word begins with a capital letter which denotes a title or a proper name so we could say in the beginning was jesus because jesus is the word and in the beginning is jesus and god is with jesus 
and Jesus, it says the word was with God and the word was God, Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. So in this parable and in all of the parables that we've been talking about over the last good long while now represents this earth and a spiritual kingdom that we cannot see with our hands. We can't touch it or we can't see it with our eyes or touch it with our hands. But we know that the kingdom of God is within us. Right? And the kingdom of God is a way of living. It's a way of life. It's a way of love. And last week as I made a comment about, you know, we talk a lot about love. And I said when we learn to get it right, then we'll talk about it something else when we figure out how that we are truly supposed to love one another. But it is a kingdom of love and light. And so apparently Jesus is notifying the religious people of that day that they had fallen short. The prophets, the people had failed to heed the voices of the prophets. And they would stone the prophets. They would reject their words. And if you go all the way to the ending of the New Testament, to the book of the Revelation, and you read the stories of John, who was uh, exiled to the Isle of Patmos, and he saw all of these things in a vision and heard God speaking to him through this vision. God says, I know your works. He's talking to the church. And you are the church. I am the church. You know, we got up this morning, a lot of people, well, we believe we'll go to church today. And that's just a common way of saying we're going to worship at the house of the Lord. Like the psalmist said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. But really, we are coming together, two or more people. That constitutes a place where God meets with us as, as the body of Christ, which has many members in the world, right? And we, you know, it's like the analogy is given in the New Testament uh, of the human body. It says, does the, uh, can the eye say, I do not need the head? If that's the case, then you might have eyes on the end of your big toe, right? And then you would see where you're going, which is helpful occasionally, right? And how many of you think your little toe is really not important? I was reminded of that last night. I was getting ready to to go conduct a funeral service and I'd sat down and relaxed and was watching a little bit of TV and I had my shoes off and I got up and my little toe just barely caught the chair on the other side of the room and I went hallelujah <laughs> praise the Lord what do you say that one you have to practice a little bit right you got to rehearse it because from the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak, and you don't have time to think, one, two, three, now, what am I going to say? <laughs> Sometimes it just, but thankfully I said, hallelujah. All right? But every part of our human body is important, and every part of the body of Christ in the world is important. The church, I heard Landon singing up here, or playing earlier solo about the, I think you were doing 
the church's one foundation as Jesus Christ my Lord or something. Anyway, whatever he was playing earlier reminded me that we all are the body of Christ. And I cannot say that I do not need you. I do need you. Because there's not one of us alike in this room. Every one of us thinks differently. We look differently. We look upon life differently. But isn't that the beauty of the kingdom of God? That God did not just take a whole bunch of dough and lay it down on the ground and make cookies out of it and they all look exactly alike. How many of you like to make the little gingerbread men at Christmas time? I knew some of you do. And you stamp them out and every one of them looks exactly the same and they taste exactly the same, right? But in the kingdom of God, in the church, in the real world, there is so much diversity, just like the trees and the flowers that are blooming and the birds that are singing and all the things that we see around us is the majesty of God. And the Bible says, worship his majesty and glorify the name of our creator. And so we see God's glory in this parable. We see the work of God and then we see the actions of humanity, the actions of humankind who is eager to hear but to not really listen and who are more eager to speak, sometimes out of turn, than to actually just sit quietly and listen. And I'm really learning somehow as I go along to be able to listen a little more closely, not only with my ears, but with my heart, right? We learn to listen because every day we pass them by, and every day they pass us by. And that song says, people need the Lord. When will we realize there is an open door for everybody? There is a place at God's table for all the family of God. And that's the beauty of the gospel, that Jesus says everyone is invited. There is no favorite list. It is all together whosoever will may come. It's an open invitation. And how patient God is with us in extending that invitation. But even with that very strict and abundant amount of patience that God has still does not always transform the hearts of the people that God is trying to reach. So Jesus emphasizes the difference between the servants and the son. Jesus said, I call you friends. You remember when Jesus said, I no longer call you servant, but I call you my friend. What a beautiful thing to be called the friend of God. The friend of God. You know, if that could be said of every one of us, what a beautiful world it would be. But so often we are too busy loving the world and the system of the world and the things around us that we fail to truly learn how to love Jesus with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the more we learn to love Jesus, the more we will be able to appreciate 
all of the technology and all the things that makes this world work today. I'm amazed at nature and the creation and the creative powers of human beings that God has given the knowledge to. God gives that knowledge to us and to humans to be able to change the world. Somebody said, I do not understand why God lets certain things go on in this world. And then we take it a step further and we say, but what are we doing? What am I doing as an individual? What am I doing to change things? As I told you earlier, sometimes our prayer is to change people and things when we are the ones who need the change. And when our heart is changed, we will see, as Dr. Smitty says, with those Jesus eyes. And we will listen with our Jesus ears and we will reach out with our Jesus hands. And we will walk wherever God wants us to go with our Jesus feet, right? And we become the body of Christ working in the world. So are you a servant today? Are you a servant or are you even more than a servant? You first become a servant, then you become a child of God. But then in the long uh, run of all of it, I think the important thing is if we have learned how to serve, then we become a child of God. Because the, remember what we talked about last week, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And those who learn to reach out in love and to do the work of the gospel, we will be, those will become the first in the kingdom. Jesus said, if you want to be great, and I won't ask your question, but, but I could raise my hand. I, I want to have everything that God wants me to have in this life and to enjoy living. But if I don't put God first of all in everything I do, then I can't have the fullness of all that God has for me, the benefits of God. Remember the scripture that says, what can I render unto God for all God's benefits to me? And then the psalmist said, I will take up the cup of salvation and I will call on the name of the Lord. And we call upon God as our heavenly father. And I happen to know a little bit about Jimmy. His nickname is Papa. And he's smiling and he's nodding his head. And he says no sweeter words, Papa. But you know, really, uh, when you read the original language and the translations of the scriptures, it says, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. It's a term of endearment that's very closely connected to that intimate word, Papa. And just as Lily would climb upon Jimmy's lap and say, Papa, so our Father wants us to draw near and rest in God's arms in the midst of the struggles and the problems of life, that we could be rocked to sleep in the bosom of Abraham, as the old saying goes, or in the arms of Jesus, knowing that it is God who is calming the storm. You know, sometimes we pray, God, please calm the storm that I'm going through. 
But sometimes God chooses to just calm our hearts in the midst of it. And whatever you're going through today, whether you're in this building or whether you're in the massive congregation of our virtual church, Shades of Grace, you know, we have folks from many countries of the world who tune in every week and follow us. We have virtual members of our congregation. Last uh, weekend, we had a lady from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, who worshiped here with us. And uh, we have Canadian ladies who are members of our virtual congregation, who I promise you are listening right now as this is going out over the media to the surface. You see, there is great power in the name of Jesus and in the lives of those who are willing to say, Lord, here I am, I surrender to you. I told someone this week in a conversation, and I talked to so many people in the course of a week, I can't remember with whom I had this conversation, but I mentioned that old song, I surrender all, all to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. And I said, you know, I like that song, but when I sing it like that, I feel like a hypocrite. Anybody else? When you listen to the words, unless you have truly surrendered all, you know, so that's why, you know, the only way I will sing that is I surrender some. Right? Now, doesn't, doesn't that make you feel better just to be able to sing? Now, yes, eventually, as we go through life, we surrender a little bit more. You know, it's kind of like I heard the old story years ago of a man who lived up in the mountains of Northeast Tennessee. <clears throat> and it's a parable. It's not a true story, I hope. But the preacher went to visit and the man was out back and he, had a, he was chopping wood and had a stack of wood and the old hound dog that always hung close by was there and, and the, the farmer drew him there and he just chopped just a little bit of the tail off of the hound dog and he went yelling and running and all that. And the preacher finally said, why do you do that? He said, well, I do it a little at a time because it hurts so bad if I do it all at once. Now that's kind of crazy and I know it only happens in stories, but maybe that's why God gives us sanctification on a daily schedule. Every day we draw just a little bit closer to God today than we did yesterday, right? Because maybe it would be, who knows what, a shock to our system or a shock to those around us, but you know, a gradual change often is better than just a sudden flash in the pan because sometimes the sudden flash in the pan burns out very quickly. But a steady, progressive relationship makes us stronger and our roots to grow deeper in the world and in the hearts of God's people into the kingdom of God. And so we find ourselves in the parable today. We find Jesus in the parable. And Jesus was a rabbi. The word rabbi simply means teacher. And he was one of the best, I would say Jesus was the best storyteller that I know about. 
Now this weekend, I don't know if any of you have plans, but in Jonesboro, not far from here, is the International Storytelling Center. Anybody ever been there? Have you been there to listen to the stories? Anybody? Gosh, and we all live so close. It's a day trip. And they said today on the news that people from all over the world, from so many countries, have journeyed to our little part of the world to this celebration. And I hate to say I live exactly seven miles from the Storytelling Center, and I've never been. But they go there to listen to all the stories that are told and laughter and emotions and tears and just great communication, or as Mikey says, communicators, right? Maybe I'll go, probably next year. Isn't that life? Isn't that the way we live? Anyway, they knew Jesus was a rabbi. And he didn't claim to be just another prophet. And they tried to pin him down and say, Who are you? Remember last week? Who gave you authority to do these things? And Jesus said, If you give me your answer, I'll give you my answer. And sometimes they left without an answer because they knew that they could not justify what they were thinking in their hearts. But he was more than a great teacher, more than a philosopher. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is the master of the universe. He is the owner of the vineyard. You know, there's a verse that says, and Jesus was telling this one time, he said, I am the vine and you are the branches. And how many of you know that sometimes on any good plant, shrubbery or vine, there needs to be some good pruning going on? And that's the part I don't like. Do you? Can you imagine that old hound dog, what he thought every time he saw the farmer coming, you know, oh no, here we go again. Well, anyway, I don't know how that fit in, but... There it is. I'll throw that one in for no charge. That's for all of you from Greene County. Okay. And how about from uh, Scott County? And how about uh, from Washington County? And Sullivan and Hawkins. Don't forget Hawkins. Did I leave anybody out here today? I guess we're all... Uh, hey, we're a... You know, we are a metropolitan area now, aren't we? We... <laughs> We are represented, saint and sinner alike, as Paul says, of which I am the greatest, and he didn't mean saint, right? But follow me as I follow Christ. But the Pharisees and the religious people definitely understood the story that we read today about the vineyard. They saw themselves, and it's not a pretty thing sometimes to see yourself as you really are. Have you ever thought, you know, uh, what, you know, we think of ourselves sometimes being okay, you know, but what if we really saw ourselves as the everyday people see us? Would it make any difference? Sometimes we deceive ourselves and we think, you know, well, I justify my actions and this is how it is. But when we see those same actions in the lives of others, we 
don't appreciate it quite as much, right? So let's see ourselves in the story as Jesus showed the crowd that he was not only the Lord of the universe, but he is the great teacher. And he summed up the whole history of Israel, of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all the um, ancient prophets all the way down to Malachi. And he also describes salvation of the world today, of you and me. The vineyard is the world given to men, given to humanity by God for the people of the world to cultivate it and to care for it. You see, in this story, we are the people of God. And yet so often, you know, I live on a busy road and almost every day when I walk out to the end of the driveway, I'll look just a foot or two on either direction and there'll be a McDonald's bag wadded up and thrown out. There'll be cups, uh, sometimes beer bottles, sometimes stronger drink bottles. And I'll get my exercise stooping down and picking it up and bring it and dropping it in. But I think, what kind of a steward in the world does that? Right? We are the keepers of the vineyard. And you think about all the stuff. I mean, if you want to become rich quick, figure out a way to, uh, to do all these sandwiches that we do, 2,000 every month, and put them in those little plastic baggies and seal them up. Find something that's, uh, what do you call it, biodegradable? Is that it? How many syllables? Six. <laughs> Figure out how to do that, and I promise you, you'll be rich very quickly. Because all this plastic, it's going somewhere. And it's going into the drains, it's going into the landfills. And it's ending up in the oceans. And the animals are dying. And while I'm at it, I'll throw in a little another commercial here. Is that right? A little another? Is that Appalachian? A little another, okay. Uh, all this stuff that you spray to put artificial cobwebs up for Halloween, I read that stuff is really, really bad. It's causing the birds, the hummingbirds, the little creatures to get caught in them and strangle them and they die. So have a lot of fun with whatever you do, but be careful how we mess up Mother Earth. Because some of the things we do in fun might not be fun for the rest of God's creation. And we're selfish when we do that. So God has made us the um, dresser of the vineyard. We are to work and to labor in the field that God has before us. And the owner of the field is God. So... Are we being faithful in the job that he calls us to do in the vineyard? Are we really producing the fruit of the Spirit? You know, that was part of that text, if you listened carefully. It would be taken and given to the ones who will produce. 
The scripture says, everybody who says, Lord, Lord, shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of my Father, which includes saying, Lord, Lord, but it's taken a step further than just saying, Lord, Lord, but it's doing something about it. And Jesus said, if you do my commandments, and we've already talked about this so many times, they're all summed up in the two, right? Love the Lord your God with all. Everybody say all. Gets back to that song, I surrender some. But love the Lord your God with all your heart, not some of your heart, not with some of your strength, not with some of your might, but love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, when you do that, you have done well. Amen. Is it that hard to do? I mean, we're trying to do all kinds of things in the world to make God happy with us when he's already told us all you have to do is love God and love people around you, even if it's people who don't look like you, act like you, or anything else. We are called to love, for love covers a multitude of sins. Amen. And so that's why we can call Jesus our friend. He did not punish all of the people involved. He gave them a chance, and he gives you a chance. He gives me a chance every day. And the reason I know there's something for me to do in the kingdom of God, you know why I know that? Because I woke up again this morning. I awakened to a new day, to new mercies. And therefore, there is something left that I need to do. How about you? Let's make the world count. Let's make life count. You know, the days are getting shorter. Have you noticed it? Darkness comes much earlier in the evening and the daylight comes much later in the morning and we're in that cycle of light and darkness. But so it is with each one of us. In this season of life, don't live in regrets of what could have been and what you should have done. We can't change any of that. And in reality, if we had the opportunity, we probably wouldn't change it. But let's change our attitude from today forward about how we are going to live our faith and that we become producers in the vineyard, that we bring forth fruit that's good for the kingdom of God. Not the works of the flesh, but the fruits of the Spirit. You know, I'll wind up with this. Uh, this weekend also, now I know where a few of, I bet you I could guess where a few of our people are today. They're there either in Jonesboro or Unicoi or Irwin, right? You know why? The Apple Festival is going on. And on those trees from which those apples came, I guarantee you there were a few bad apples, a few of them that weren't 
prize winners and probably some that were rotten to be able to tell the truth or maybe just dried up on the vine. But you don't cut the whole tree down just because it's got a little bit of bad fruit. You know, every good tree is going to have some fruit that needs to be rethought and maybe chop it off a little bit. Chop off some vines here and there and let them produce better next time. So who's ready for some apple butter? Fried apple pies. Are you wanting to go to Apple Festival now? I wouldn't mind having some of those fried apple pies. If you could get them without sugar, can, that, can it be done for diabetics? It can. Can you prove it to me? Uh, no, no, not now. Next time I see you. I want you to prove it with your actions, okay? Not with your words. Hey, guess, boy, wasn't that slick. Anybody else want to be on, that, on the giving end or the receiving end? Okay. See, you have not because you ask not. All right. Have y'all had fun today? Are you glad you came to worship? I want to thank Nisi and whoever helped her. I think Brendan, maybe someone else too, for doing all of this. I started to say landscaping up here. But it looks beautiful, doesn't it? Thank you for caring about our worship space and making it look beautiful for us to enjoy. All right. See, just a little bit here and a little bit there makes a great difference. I want to thank Brenda, too, for helping. They came and they cleaned this building. And you know how those little dust bunnies used to be? Do you ever find the dust bunnies around your chair? Some of you? You wanted to take them home and pet them? They're gone. The bus, dust bunnies are gone. Thank you all for helping us out. God bless you. Well, God is good. Landon, are you ready to lay something on us over here? All right. All to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence.
that melody in your heart. And if you can't say, I surrender all, it's not that hard to say some, right? And that's the starting place. But God bless you. It's so good to see each of you here today. I love you. You are loved, every one of you. You are valued in the kingdom of God. Without exception, Jesus loves people. And I love you, and I thank you for being here today. Thank you, Jimmy, for running the sound system for us today and presenting this. Tanya, you have your hand lifted. Tanya has uh, lupus that has kind of flared up on her, so she wants us to pray. So um, we're going to pray with you right now, okay? Do you want to come forward and let us join around you, or would you like us just reach you where, to you wherever you are? As we... Uh, conclude our time of worship I would invite anyone who wishes to come around and uh, we will pray for Tanya today we will anoint you with this oil in the name of the Lord and anyone who wants to join us here or just pray from wherever you are today okay Father, this is your servant. This is Tanya. Lord, this is your friend. For you've said, you are my friends if you do my commitment. And Lord, she loves you. She loves the people around her. And so we ask you, oh God, as our friend and as her friend, would you touch her now in the name of Jesus and let her just find relief from the lupus that comes against her. Lord, give her a peace that passeth all understanding and bless her with the presence of your Holy Spirit. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. All right, go in peace in the name of Jesus.